Hello and welcome to the Let It Ride podcast coming at you on a brisk Thursday afternoon. Fall weather finally hitting the DMV where we were blessed uh, with some late warm weather into October, but fall is now in the air. Football is in full swing. Week nine coming up in just a few hours. We got the Steelers taking on the Titans for Thursday night football. We're going to preview week nine, but first and foremost, we have to talk about my picks from week eight. Man, oh man, I went 10-4 and a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, man, it's going to be tough to top that one. Never thought in a million years I'd have a week like I had last week. 13-3-2 with my picks last week. 13 winners, 3 losers, 2 pushes, and the teaser of the week one, so you can count that as a 14th winner. I wouldn't believe somebody if they told me that they had those kind of picks, so so everything's above board. I'm going to play the soundbite from my picks last week. I like the Bucks plus eight and a half tonight on Thursday Night Football. I also like the under 42 in that game. I like my Dallas Cowboys minus six and a half against the Rams. I like the Jags minus two and a half against the Steelers. Give me the pl- Packers. Now plus one and a half, by the way. That line has gone up to one and a half. So Packers plus one and a half against the Vikings. I like the Falcons minus three against the Titans. Give me the Saints minus one against the Colts. The Dolphins minus nine and a half against the Patriots. Terry McLaurin over 55 and a half yards against the Eagles. The Giants plus three against the Jets. We also like the under 36 and a half in that game. The Panthers plus three against the Texans. Give me the Seahawks minus three and a half against the Browns. The Cardinals plus eight and a half against the Ravens. The Broncos plus seven and a half against the Chiefs. The under 43 and a half in Bengals 49ers. The Chargers minus eight and a half and the Lions minus eight and a half. Those are also going to be the teaser of the week. We're teasing the Chargers. Chargers down to minus two and a half against the Bears, teasing the Lions down to minus two and a half against the Raiders. That is going to do it for my picks. Thank you for listening, and I will see you guys next week. You heard it right there, and you can go back to last week's podcast. It's all timestamp 13, 3, and 2. Can't promise that I'm going to deliver that every week, but I'm going to do my best. Uh, I keep saying that I'm striving for that perfect week. It's definitely not going to come in a week where there's 16 games, uh, but man, 13, 3, and 2, that is damn close. Uh, Let's dive right in to where I got it right. I knew week eight was going to be a good one when I got the Thursday night game right and got the backdoor cover there. I gave out the Bucks plus eight and a half. They uh, get the backdoor cover there 24 to 18. They score a late touchdown, get the two-point conversion, uh, really making that game look a lot closer than it was. The total was a push, and unfortunately, that total actually went up. I could have had a 14th winner on my card. This was one of my pushes, though. I also gave out the under in that game. Uh, 24-18, a 42-point total, so that was a push. My Dallas Cowboys gave me another winner, minus six and a half. They blow out the Rams, 43-20. to 20. Uh, Dak looked great in a blowout win, and I was really nervous that my Cowboys were going to be the hype team of the week, but fortunately for me, uh, there was a team on the four o'clock slate that took that distinction. And we'll talk about them a little bit later on. I gave out the Jags minus two and a half. They beat the Steelers 20 to 10. And this was uh, my favorite play of the week. And of course, I'm sitting there super nervous. Pittsburgh has no first downs uh, for the first quarter and a half of that game. Then they get a, a they're only down six, nothing after some red zone turnovers and a couple of, uh, 
the Jags settling for a couple of field goals. And then they get this long pass interference penalty. And you're thinking, oh, great. The Steelers are going to score here. And they're going to be winning at halftime in a game. They have no business being in. The Steelers hung around like they do far too long. Uh, that might be my last time this year betting against the Steelers. They're a bad football team. But they're just stressful. They just find a way uh, to hang in games. But the Jags pull it out here. Get me a winner, 20-10. I gave out the Saints minus one against the Colts. A real bounce back game for Derek Carr. In fact, if you go back to the second half against the Jags, he's played six great quarters of football. Taysom Hill had a good game as well. Alvin Kamara has uh, looks like he's back in full swing as well. So I really like the prospects of that Saints team moving forward, particularly in a pretty porous NFC South and with uh, the Falcons benching their quarterback. I gave out the Dolphins minus nine and a half and the pa- Patriots absolutely stink. Just one for nine on third downs, 13 first downs in this game. That was the fewest uh, on Sunday outside of the uh, Giants-Jets game where both teams had 12 first downs and neither team. Uh, that that game, man, I just want to erase that one from my memory. That was one of the ugliest football games I have ever seen. I gave out Terry McLaurin over 55 and a half yards. My first prop bet that I've given out on the podcast this year, and I actually have another one coming up this week. Uh, he barely gets over that total at 63 yards, which is kind of funny because Sam Howe threw for almost 400, so you would think his number one receiver would have more than 63 yards, but he does get us there, uh, beating the 55.5-yard total. I gave up the under 36.5 in Giants and Jets, and this was another one of my pushes as well. I also gave out the Giants plus three. That also should have been a winner. I was so close to calling this week perfect. There was only one game that I just lost where it was like just so clear that I should have lost. And uh, we'll get to that game a little bit later on. But one winner, one push in this game, 13 to 10 Jets. Brian Dayball, man, what are you doing at the end of that game? I just don't understand why you kicked the field goal there. Your kicker had just missed a similar field goal. He looked like he was injured. And you have one yard to get. Just hand the ball off to Saquon Barkley, get the yard, end the game. Even if you don't get it, it's still, what, seven extra yards of field position. You're not giving up by by missing the field goal just did not understand that decision there just uh really a head scratcher but the under still catches for us there I gave out the Panthers plus three against the Texans they win the game outright 15 to 13 and the Panthers got outplayed the Texans were the better team but just like I thought the Panthers wanted this game more they wanted to try and prove that they didn't make a mistake drafting Bryce Young over CJ Stroud even though they did but I kind of figured that they would be throwing everything in uh they're at home they have they're coming off of their bye week. This is probably their best chance to win a game. So they get their first win of the season. Good for them. Uh, Panthers plus three was a winner. I gave out the Seahawks minus three and a half against the Browns. And this was a winner that really should have been a loser. We'd like to thank P.J. Walker for throwing that late interception. Uh, the Seahawks, by the way, adding Leonard Williams. Uh, really excited for that addition, particularly because I have some future bets tied to the Seattle Seahawks. Speaking of games that I had no business winning, I gave out the Cardinals plus eight and a half against the Ravens and holy backdoor cover Batman. I'm sitting there at the end of that game knowing that the Cardinals were down 16. Like, okay, they're going to, if they score the touchdown here, they're going to have to get the two point conversion. Looked like they get the two point conversion. They call a holding penalty. I had a paper ticket on this one that I played at the Caesar Sportsbook here at Capital One Arena, and I was ready to tear the thing up, and then all of a sudden, the Cardinals recover an onside kick. They get in the field goal range. They cut it to seven, and Cardinals plus eight and a half is a winner. Uh, the Cardinals subsequently bench and then trade Josh Dobbs after this game. Uh, 
watching that game, nobody was thinking that Josh Dobbs was the problem. So that's pretty clear to me that the Cardinals are now uh, completely in tank mode. I gave out the Broncos plus seven and a half. And this was really just everybody's on the Chiefs. And we just watched these two teams play two weeks ago. Now they're now the Chiefs are on the road. There's no way that, that they're going to they barely covered the game at home. And now they're laying seven and a half on the road. Everybody was on the Chiefs, so I, I zigged, and it was the right call here. The Broncos win this game outright. Uh, Mahomes had the flu in this one. He just gets a pass. He just does. Patrick Mahomes gets a pass that other quarterbacks don't. Uh, fair or unfair. That's what happens when you're a two-time MVP, two-time Super Bowl winner. Um, this Broncos defense, are the, it's it's so weird. Uh, they There's no in-between. They're either giving up 70 points or giving up 35 to the commanders, looking like one of the worst defenses in the league, or, or you know, they're out here shutting down Patrick Mahomes. The last couple of weeks, the Broncos defense has really stepped it up. Uh, I don't think that team's really going to go anywhere this year, but the defense is definitely playing better. Uh, I gave out both the Chargers and the Lions minus eight and a half in the primetime games. Both of those cover with ease. Uh, the Bears just just stink full stop. Uh, this is also the teaser of the week, which got back on track, got us back to six and two. We teased the Chargers down to two and a half, the Lions down to two and a half as well. Uh, the Lions looked like they might have gotten a game early on in this one. Uh, you, you saw the, the Raiders briefly look like they were in that game, but the Lions, the better team at the end of the day, they pull away, uh, cover and win that game. That is going to do it for where I got it right. We'll move on to a very short list of where I got it wrong. Just three losers to get to this week. I wish this list was this short every week. I gave out the Packers plus one and a half. This was kind of my zag play. Uh, they lose the game 24 to 10. Jordan Love, after those first two games where he looked good, uh, has looked absolutely atrocious. Uh, don't know what Green Bay is going to do as far as their future, but it's not looking like it's Jordan Love. Of course, a story from this game, Kirk Cousins, man. Oh, just a brutal, brutal injury. He was playing great football, even without Justin Jefferson. Um, Kind of a sleeper MVP candidate, Kirk Cousins, before this injury. And uh, looked like he might have had this team in contention for the seven seed. <clears throat> now they trade for Josh Dobbs, so maybe he keeps them floating around just because the bottom of the NFC is so bad. But uh, just sucks for Kirk Cousins. He was having arguably his best season and uh, to go down that way. Just, just hate to see that. I gave out the Falcons minus two and a half. And excuse me for not seeing Will Levis uh, coming out of nowhere, throwing four touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins waking up out of the coma that he's been in. Uh, and not, Nothing that he's done. It's not his fault that he's been in the coma. He said Ryan Tannehill throwing him the football. But Will Levis comes in and sparks this offense. Derrick Henry has a good game as well. Uh, we'll see if they can keep that up against the Steelers tonight. Uh, but as it was, they gave me a loser here. The Falcons minus two and a half. Finally, I gave out the Bengals 49ers under 44. And Lou Anarumo did his part for me. I figured that Lou Anarumo would show up and match wits with Kyle Shanahan. I was right about that. What I did not see was Joe Burrow turning back into the the MVP candidate, Joe Burrow, 28 for 32, three touchdowns. So just made a couple of throws in this game that were just absolutely incredible. That first touchdown to Tyler Boyd, I think it's maybe him and Mahomes, the only two quarterbacks in the league uh, that could put the touch on that throw uh, for that touchdown. Uh, he looks like he's back. The Bengals are the hype team, though, so be careful betting them uh, in week nine. Fortunately, that is going to do it for where I got it wrong. Like I said, a short list. We'll take a quick break and come back and break down week nine. 
Week 9 kicking off in just a few hours. The Titans taking on the Steelers. The Steelers a three-point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 36. By the time most of you listen to this, this game will already have happened, so I'm going to rifle through this pretty quick. I'm throwing my hands up on this one. Uh, Both of these offenses are bad. Both bottom 10 in points per game, yards per game, passing yards per game, time possession, and third down percentage. The Steelers looked awful last week. That 20-10 final, not indicative of how bad they were in that game. That really should have been 34-3. But now you have T.J. Watt going up against his bad Titans offensive line. This Titans run D is stout, and they're going up against a bad Steelers offensive line and a bumbling offensive coordinator. You got Will Levis for Tennessee. Kenny Pickett looks like he is going to get the start. Um, I'm going to lean on this bad Steelers defense. Yes, I know this pass rush is amazing. Everyone talks about, all oh, this great Steelers defense, this great Steelers defense. It's really Mike Tomlin and T.J. Watt and, of course, Alex Highsmith, uh, Cameron Hayward. you got a couple other guys there. But Minka Fitzpatrick going to be out for this game. So I think that the Titans are going to lean on the run game here. I think you see Derrick Henry get a ton of carries. So I'm playing Derrick Henry over 70 and a half yards. I'm also playing uh, Taji Sharp over 19 and a half. I know Derrick Henry has been getting a lot of carries, but it's going to be short rest on this one. So maybe you see that backfield get split a little bit more. So one of these guys I think is definitely going to go over their total. So uh, Henry over 70 and a half yards, Sharp over 19 and a half yards. I think you'll definitely get one of them and might even hit both of them. So that is what I'm giving out for this game. And that is going to move us on to Sunday. We have some stinkers in the NFL on Sunday afternoon. So rather than go through uh, the 1 o'clock games, the 4 o'clock games, and the primetime games like I normally do, I'm just going to go through these games uh, as they interest me. But fortunately for us, we do have an early game, an overseas game, the Dolphins against the Chiefs. This is the game of the week. The Chiefs, a a one-and-a-half point favorite in Germany, the over-under sitting at 50-and-a-half, 71% of the public bets are on the over in this game. And if you look at Miami games, it makes sense. Miami games are 6 and 2 to the over. However, on the other side, Chiefs games are 7 and 1 to the under. Now, what is the biggest enemy of overs? It's teams settling for field goals. And when you look at the Miami Dolphins, a lot of people think, "Oh, it's this quick strike offense," but they're also the best team in the league at scoring in the red zone. They score a touchdown on 74% of their red zone trip. So that would tell you, hey, this game should be playing to the over. However, when you look at it a little bit deeper, Miami, 83% at home. So 83% of their red zone trips, they convert for a touchdown at home, just 65% on the road. Now you look at the games that they've played against top 10 defense. They scored 24 points against New England, 20 against Buffalo, 17 against Philly. They put up 31 against uh, New England last week. They played them twice, but one of those touchdowns was a garbage time touchdown. So they're not scoring as many points per game against good defenses. The Chiefs are a good defense. On the other side, the Chiefs, they scored 41 against the Bears and 31 against the Chargers, but they're scoring less than 30 points per game in every other game that they've played. And those, the Chiefs, excuse me, the Bears and Chargers defense is both bottom eight in points per game allowed. Now, the Dolphins are also bottom eights in points per game allowed, but they're allowing just 21 points per game since that blowout loss to Buffalo. Uh, They get Jalen Ramsey back last week. He'll likely be shadowing Travis Kelsey, who's really the only pass catcher that the Chiefs have. International games are also really weird. So I'm playing the under 50 and a half in this one. I think the Chiefs will key in on Tyreek Hill. They don't want him to come back and, and, you know, and 
and make them look bad for trading him. So I'm playing the under 50 and a half. I think this Chiefs defense steps up. I think the Dolphins defense is improving with Jalen Ramsey coming back. The Chiefs offense, not what it was. They're more of a defensive team. So I'm playing the under 50 and a half in this game. Uh, That is going to move us on to my Dallas Cowboys taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, a three-point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 47. The last five games the Cowboys and Eagles have played have all gone over the total. Both of these teams averaging 28 points per game. They are first and third, respectively, as far as converting third downs. Now, the thing that worries you about playing the over in this game is this Cowboys red zone offense. Uh, They've been struggling when they get down to the red zone. However, the Eagles red zone defense is 26th in the league when it comes to, to allowing touchdowns. I tweeted out this pick yesterday when the total was sitting at 46. It's now moved up to 47. 47 is a key number. So if you see this thing go up to 47 and a half, maybe just just kind of treat it as a stay away. But at 47, I still like the over here. Uh, Both defenses are good, but we've seen both of them get carved up when they play teams that are good at what they're weak against. This Cowboys defense is susceptible to teams that run the ball well. The Eagles run the ball well. This Philadelphia defense is susceptible to teams that pass well. They gave up 400 yards passing to Sam Howe last week. Now Dak Prescott's coming in. Dak Prescott has played well against the Eagles his entire career. So I'm playing the over 47 in Cowboys-Eagles. And that is going to move us on to the Seahawks taking on the Ravens. The Ravens, a six-point favorite at home for this on the over-under, sitting at 44. And this total is sitting really low, and it makes sense when you figure, oh, Seattle is is the third-best run defense in the league. They're giving up just 3.6 yards per carry, and they add Leonard Williams. So this run defense for Seattle is stout. And on the other side, the Ravens, first in the league in points per game allowed. But then you zoom out a little bit, and you realize that neither of these teams has played a offense as good as the other one. Uh, The Ravens are third in the league in rush yards, so I think you'll see that kind of be a wash against this good Seattle front. And the Ravens running offense is not like any other running offense because of the uniqueness of Lamar Jackson. And on the other side, like I said, the Ravens first in the league in points per game allowed. But then you look at the quarterbacks that they've played. They played C.J. Stroud in his first start, an injured Joe Burrow, Garner Minshew, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Kenny Pickett, Ryan Tannehill, Josh Dobbs, and then Jared Goff in just kind of a game that I think you have to throw out. It was a little bit of an outlier game. That was the worst game that he's played all year. We haven't seen him play another game that badly. So both of these teams, top 12 in points per game, scored and allowed. So both offenses are good. I don't think either defense has seen an offense as good as the other one. So I think this total sitting a little bit too low. I'm playing the over 44 in this game. And we're going to jump ahead to the Sunday night game because it is a game that really interests me here. The Bills taking on the Bengals. The Bengals opened as a one and a half point underdog in this one. Uh, They've been bet up to a one and a half point favorite now. So a lot of the public money coming in on the Bengals. The over under sitting at 49 and a half. Uh, Both these teams trending in opposite directions. The Bengals are on fire. The Bills are fading fast. Uh, The Bengals, though, are the hype team. And beware of the hype team. Also, beware of this Bills revenge spot here. That playoff loss last year, they're looking to bounce back from that. And they're returning to the site of the DeMar Hamlin incident last year. So emotion definitely going to be on their side as well. This defense has been injured, but they add Rasul Douglas. And the offense got back on track last week against a very good Bucks defense. Josh Allen had arguably his best game of the year. So I am yet again fading the hype team here. I think the Bengals are the hype team. 70% of the bets are on the Bengals. So I am zagging here and taking the Bills plus two. 
And unfortunately, that is going to do it for uh, the games that we're really interested in because the rest of these games, man, oh, man, we have some bad quarterbacks in the rest of these games, uh, starting with Vikings-Falcons. Starting here because I really like this play. Uh, the Falcons are four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The over-under sitting at 37-and-a-half. And this is a battle of backup QBs, which is why this total is sitting so low. But I think it's sitting way too low. Uh, the Falcons last week, with once they switched to Taylor Haneke at halftime in that game, they had six second-half drives that led to 20 points. They scored on four of their six second-half drives. After just scoring three points in the first half, they put up 20 points under Heineke in the second half. Uh, Minnesota, sneaky good run defense, allowing just 3.6 yards per carry. That is sixth in the NFL. But this Falcons running offense is good. And when you zoom out, look at who Minnesota has played. They've played Tampa Bay, the worst running team in the league. Uh, They got absolutely gouged by Philly. Then they played the Chargers without Eckler, Carolina, uh, KC, that they haven't really played any other good running teams. And then they play Chicago. They give up 162 yards in that game. They play Green Bay, uh, the seventh worst running team in the league. The one game that they really did bottle up a good running offense was when they bottled up CMC in that Monday night win against the 49ers. But Trent Williams was out for that game as well. So I don't think this Minnesota run defense is as good as a lot of people think. And I think this Falcons offense is going to operate better under Taylor Heineke. And when you go to the other side, uh, Jaron Hall catching a lot of heat. People are saying, man, he looked really bad in relief of Kirk Cousins. But I like Jaron Hall coming out of BYU. And he came into a game where he was he had a huge lead and they were really just kind of running out the clock in that one. So I think Jaron Hall he gets a week under his belt. He did not expect to have to come in that game. Uh, I think with Taylor Heineke, it, it, the kind of, the writing was kind of on the wall. I think maybe they were prepping him to possibly come in with the way that Ritter had been struggling. Jaron Hall was not expecting to go into that game. Now he gets a week of practice. So I think this Vikings offense will look a little bit better under him than it did those last couple of drives after Kirk Cousins went down. So I'm playing the over 37 and a half here. This is one of my favorite plays of the week. Um, I also like the Falcons minus four and a half, but not as much as I like the, of the total here. So over 37 and a half, actually one of my favorite plays of the week. That is going to move us on to the Colts taking on the Panthers. The Panthers, a two and a half point underdog at home. The over under sitting at 44 and 77% of the public bets are on the Colts in this game. 60% of the public bets are on the under, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Both of these teams bottom three in points per game. In fact, the Colts allowing the most points per game in the league, 38 points per game in their last three games. Gardner Minshew's a gunslinger. He's going to make big plays, but he also is going to turn the ball over a lot. That is why you saw the Browns score 39 points is because of those turnovers from Gardner Minshew. I think that's going to lend itself to this game being a much higher scoring game than people think. So I'm going over 44 in this game. That is going to move us on to the Bears taking on the Saints. The Saints, an eight and a half point favorite at home. The over under sitting at 41. And that Tyson Bajant buzz was really short lived. Uh, I didn't think he looked that great in the in the first game that they won against the Raiders. And he looked really bad against the Chargers, looking very much uh, like an undrafted rookie QB. On the other side, Carr in the Saints offense has been clicking for the last six quarters. We saw them come alive in the second half against the Jaguars and then, of course, against the Colts last week. 56 points in the last six quarters of football. We've seen Alvin Kamara come back to form rushing and receiving. Now, the Bears' run defense is shockingly the best in the league as far as yards per carry allowed, but seven of their eight games have been played against bottom 11 rushing teams. Uh, I don't think the Saints 
are scared of this defensive front for the Bears, even though the numbers say that they should be. I think Alvin Kamara has a big game here. I think the Saints blow the Bears out here. Give me the Saints minus eight and a half. And this is also where we're going to start the teaser of the week. Teaser of the week. The teaser of the week got back on track last week, now 6-2 and two on the season. We're going to start this week's teaser with the Saints uh, teasing them down from minus 8.5 to minus 2.5. They just have to win by more than a field goal. We got this Saints defense going up against Tyson Bagent. I don't think he's very good. The Saints defense, ninth in the league in points per game allowed. Like I said, that offense is clicking. I think this teaser leg is a mortal lock. That is going to move us on to the Cardinals taking on the Browns. The Browns, a 8.5 point favorite at home for this one the over under sitting at 37 and a half and man oh man Clayton Toon versus PJ Walker we have half a billion dollars worth of quarterbacks sitting on the sidelines for this one between Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson Uh, both of these teams heavily invested in the quarterback position just to have Clayton Toon and PJ Walker uh, starting games here I think the Cardinals are in tank mode they trade Josh Dobbs because he was making them too competitive they want the number one pick here um like I said, Clayton Toon, I mean, he comes out of that Houston system, which produced NFL quarterbacks in Case Keenum, Kevin Cobb, David Klingler. I guess maybe you could say Case Keenum had the best quarterback, the best career out of any of those quarterbacks. But those guys, they put up big numbers in college. They they maybe get the scouts kind of looking their way a little bit, but it never really translates uh, to the NFL. Uh, this Browns defense is really good. And they're going up against a fifth-round rookie quarterback on the other side. This Cardinals defense plays really hard. So I'm going to play the under 37.5 here. And this is also going to be the second leg of the teaser of the week. We're going to tease the Browns down from minus 8.5 to minus 2.5. So the teaser of the week for Week 9, we are teasing the Saints down to minus 2.5. Also teasing the Browns down to minus 2.5. Five more kind of ugly games to get to here to wrap up the Week 9 slate, starting with the Commanders taking on the Patriots. The Patriots, a three-point favorite at home here. The over-under sitting at 41. And the Commanders are a square dog this week. 57% of the money line bets are on the Commanders. People not wanting to lay points with uh, with Mac Jones and the Patriots. But the Commanders traded away their calling card. They drafted these four studs in the first round on the defensive line they trade away Montez Sweat and Chase Young so now just Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne remaining on that line from the from the four studs that they drafted trying to build something like the the Giants had when they made their Super Bowl runs and something like that the Eagles have built uh, with their current defensive line did not work for the commanders they trade two of their guys away and this defense was already bad giving up the second most points per game in the league um But Sam Howe, offensively, Sam Howe had an ugly game against the Giants, who have a really improved defense that have been playing very well as of late, and against a healthy Bills defense. But he's been really good otherwise. So I don't think this commander's defense can stop anybody. And I think this offense with Terry McLaurin, Sam Howe, Antonio Gibson, uh, Brian Robinson, I think they're a lot better than people are giving them credit for. So I'm playing the over 41 here. And that will move us on to the Rams taking on the Packers. The Packers, a three-point favorite at home for this one. The over-under sitting at 38-and-a-half. And Matthew Stafford with the thumb injury is questionable. I think that's why the Packers are favored here. But it looks like, I mean, all the reports I'm seeing is that Matt Stafford is going to try to give it a go. Uh, Jordan Love and the Packers offense have been absolutely horrible for five straight weeks. Uh, 20 points or less in every one of those five games since they ha- had that those first two games where, where Love looked really good. And you're thinking, man, that maybe they got another good quarterback here. Uh, not 
looking like the case anymore. They trade Rasul Douglas to the Buffalo Bills. Even with him, they were 16th in the league at yards per pass attempt allowed. Of course, we know this Rams offense heavily reliant on that pass uh, with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. So if Matthew Stafford plays, I'm going to take the Packers plus three. If he does not play, I'm going to be on the under in this one. Uh, if With no Matt Stafford, I can't see this Rams offense putting up points and the Packers offense can't put up points against anybody. So a uh, little bit of a caveat with this one. If Matthew Stafford plays. We're taking the Packers plus three. If he does not, we are taking the under 38 and a half. Uh, pardon me. That is Rams plus three, not Packers plus three. Rams plus three. That is going to move us on to the Bucks taking on the Texans. The Texans, a two and a half point favorite at home. The over under sitting at 40. And both of these teams tied for sixth in points per game allowed this year. This Bucks offense, 25th in the league at yards per carry, 30th in rushing bad play calling on this team uh just they they continue to run the ball on early down set themselves up with these with these second immediately you're at second and eight second and nine and uh baker mayfield just kind of getting left behind the eight ball quite a bit but he doesn't turn the ball over now you might sit here and say oh well if you're gonna play the under which is what i'm doing by the way um you have to be aware of turnovers but baker really doesn't turn the ball over and the texans don't create a lot of turnovers either on the other side cj stroud just one interception on the league so i think you're going to see a lot of stifled drives a lot of punts and field goals in this one so give me the under 40 that is going to move us on on to Monday Night Football. It is the Chargers taking on the Jets. The Jets, a three and a half point underdog at whom the over under sitting at 40. The Jets needed an absolute miracle to beat Tommy DeVito last week, a quarterback who could not throw a forward pass. He passed for negative one yards in that game. The Chargers on the other side had a get right game against the Bears. Uh, for all of the uh, Justin Herbert haters, by the way, that want to say, oh, he's not it, he's not it. Justin Herbert is it. You know who's not it? Clayton Toon, uh, Jaron Hall, Taylor Heineke, Tyson Bangett, um Brett Rippon, Mac Jones, uh, Jordan Love, Tommy DeVito. Those got PJ Walker. Those are guys that are not it. If you've got a Justin Herbert, a Dak Prescott, a Jalen Hurts, those are quarterbacks that I've seen take heat from their own fan bases. Uh, if you have one of those guys, count your blessings because we've seen some god awful quarterbacks uh, coming to the league in the last couple of weeks taking snaps so uh I'm gonna take the over 40 here I think this Jets defense is a little bit overvalued we saw my Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott absolutely light them up all the way back in week two but I think Justin Herbert has that same capability so I'm taking the over 40 here I also think that the Jets are going to be able to run the ball in this game they are the worst passing team in the league uh Zach Wilson yeah, great. You played great for 26 seconds last week. How about the other 59 minutes and 34 seconds? Uh, I saw him come out and just just kind of bragging about the way that he led the team back. It's like, yeah, you should have never had that chance. Uh, the, the, the Giants should have uh, should have run the ball there. And by the way, I don't think they got that spike off in time. I think the clock should have run out before that last field goal attempt. But I digress. I was on the Giants' money line last week. I might be a little bit salty. Uh, but getting back to this game, this Chargers run defense, not very good. So I think you see a big game from Brees Hall in this one like I said I think the Chargers offense gets going as well so I like the over 40 here and I also like the Chargers minus three and a half wrapping things up with just a a terrible game here are the Giants taking on the Raiders the Raiders a one and a half point favorite at home for this one the over under sitting at 37 Daniel Jones should be back for this game on the other side you have a new head coach and offensive coordinator for the Raiders a new quarterback in Aiden O'Connell It can't get much worse than what they had uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels. Uh, 
maybe with a brand new head coach, they just lean on the talent they have with Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Jacoby Myers. Uh, both of these teams, bottom three in points scored per game. This Giants defense playing much better as of late. Uh, this Raiders O-line not very good, so I think you could see this Giants defense kind of stifle this Raiders offense. On the other side, this Raiders defense, and particularly Max Crosby, made some big plays against the Lions last week. So I think both defenses are a little bit undervalued here. Neither offense is very good. So give me the under 37 in Monday Night Football. That is going to do it for the slate of games in Week 9, and that is going to do it for the podcast. Just to recap my picks. I like Derrick Henry over 70 and a half yards tonight, 70 and a half yards tonight against the Steelers. I also like Taji Sharp over 19 and a half yards in that game. I like the under 50 and a half in Dolphins Chiefs. I like the over 37 in Vikings Falcons. I like the over 47 in Cowboys Eagles. I like the over 44 in Seahawks Ravens. A lot of totals on this week's slate. I like the Bills plus two against the Bengals. I like the over 44 in Colts Panthers. I like the Saints minus eight and a half against the Bears. That is also going to start the teaser of the week. We're teasing the Saints down to minus two and a half and teasing the Browns to minus two and a half against the Cardinals. We also like the under 37 and a half in Cardinals Browns. I like the over 41 in Commanders Patriots. The Packers plus, excuse me, the Rams plus three against the Packers if Matthew Stafford plays. If he does not play, we're playing the under 38 and a half, giving out the under 40 in Bucks Texans. The Chargers minus three and a half and the over 40 on Monday Night Football. Finally, we like the under 37 in Giants Raiders. That is going to do it for the podcast. Thank you for listening and I'll see you guys next Thursday.